Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Hello, and thank you for joining us today. My name is Michelle, and I'll be the host for today's special edition of the Through the Noise podcast. I'm pleased to have here with me today, Ms. Audrey Goh, the bank's head of asset allocation and thematic strategy to go through some of our top questions in the market. Okay, so quite a lot to go through today, Audrey. Perhaps let's start with the equity markets. After the 12% rise in equity markets from the lows in June, is the rally that we have seen topping out? Well, U.S. equities are at a pivotal juncture. The two months long rally that we've seen so far is now approaching a major technical resistance with the S&P 500 testing its 200 days moving average. So if we see a break higher from here, that would of course be a bullish signal and that might push the index potentially towards the next big resistance around 4,600. However, given increasing hawkish backdrop and a rather challenging technical outlook, this raises the odds of a pullback in my view. And the key challenge here is, you know, for major developed markets over the next three to six months actually stems from aggressive or over-aggressive central bank monetary policies. If we look at the past week, we have seen uh, UK inflation rising above 10% for the first time in 40 years. And the Bank of England also expect the UK inflation to remain in double digit for quite some time, implying that it will likely remain hawkish, even though the economy contracted in Q2. And similarly, the Reserve Bank of New Zealand delivered a 50 basis point rate hike to 3% this week and also turned more hawkish in its forward guidance. It now expects its policy rates to rise to 4% by early 2023 versus previous estimate of 3.7%. And let us also not forget the Federal Reserve, where in its July's minute, it basically highlights that it is considering further policy tightening until inflation declines substantially. So, Overall, if we look at the global inflation backdrop, it is not that constructive and major central banks, perhaps with the exception of PBOC, uh, are likely to remain quite singularly focused on taming inflation before they even consider to slow or pause rate hikes. So in my view, this basically opens an opportunity for those investors who are overexposed to US equities to perhaps make use of the recent rally to take some profit and rebalance towards Asian exchange equities or Asian US dollar bonds, where we deem them as attractively uh, valued and they are also likely to benefit from China's increasing policy stimulus over the coming 6 to 12 months. I see. So talking about PBOC, let's take a look specifically into China. So China undertook a rate cut of 10 basis points this week, which surprised the market. What are your thoughts on this and any implications for both Hong Kong and China equities? So the BBOC cut is one-year medium-term lending facility rate, or in short, MLF, by 10 basis point in a surprising move uh, this week. And this came after a series of disappointing economic releases and will likely be closely followed by cuts to their loan prime rate as well, which is, which is the benchmark rate used by banks for mortgage as well as infrastructure lending. Uh, in our view, this would lower the cost of borrowings by local corporates as well as individuals, potentially stimulating manufacturing as well as consumer spending. But importantly, it's also expected to further inject liquidity into the onshore China economy. And over the next couple of weeks, what's really key for investors to watch will also be the Q2 earnings release from both mainland Chinese and Hong Kong companies. 
valuation and earnings expectations for these companies remain uh, very depressed. Therefore, any signs of relaxation in China's COVID-19 restrictions and even further policy stimulus from the Chinese authorities will likely support Chinese equities, which continue to remain one of our preferred markets within Asia Japan. Got it. So speaking about stimulus, the Biden administration recently announced the Inflation Reduction Act. So can you tell us more about it? So the U.S. Inflation Reduction Act is the scaled-down version of the prior Build Back Better Act. Um, this act is designed to reduce federal deficit and lower inflation through reducing healthcare costs as well as investing in domestic energy production and clean energy solutions. Uh, this act on its own represents the single largest investment uh, to addressing climate change in the U.S. history. Uh, by some estimates, it is expected to reduce the federal deficit by about $300 billion over the next 10 years. But in terms of near-term impact, mm, very much limited in terms of U.S. near-term growth and inflation outlook. Um, there are, however, potentially big ramifications in the areas of energy security as well as climate change. The estimated investment amount of $369 billion is planned to increase cleaner energy production as well as reduce carbon emission by 40% uh, by 2030. And some notable provisions within the Act include tax credits for zero-carbon uh, power projects, power plants, uh, incentives for electric vehicles, as well as the building out of clean energy manufacturing facilities in the U.S., so overall, uh, we deem this bill, uh, this bill as positive from our long-term theme on climate change, particularly relating to clean energy, uh, green capex and infrastructure, as well as on the electric vehicle themes. While these themes have rebounded in tandem with the broad equity market in recent months, uh, overall, if we look at the valuation, they are still reasonably fair relative to their historical averages. Hence, in our view, investors could look to add some exposure to these themes on any pullback. Got it. So um, with the rebound seen in risk assets across both equities and bonds, what about U.S. high yield? Is your bullish outlook on U.S. high yield bonds still valid? Well, U.S. high yield bonds have delivered nearly 7 plus percent returns since the end of June. And that's largely driven by the over 150 basis point decline in yield premium. Um, so near term, the relative attractiveness of U.S. high yield bonds have reduced somewhat. But that being said, we believe that they continue to look quite attractive on a longer-term basis. Um, for one, earnings has been a lot more resilient than one expects. If we look at the uh, latest earnings season, U.S. corporate earnings have not only surprised on the upside, but management forward guidance uh, was also more upbeat than expected. Second, if we look at the overall demand-supply dynamic, they remain quite favourable. Uh, we expect net new issuance uh, in terms of U.S. high-yield bonds to contract by nearly $100 billion this year. And last but not least, given the still very strong labor market as well as strength in recent economic data, uh, markets may have also become less concerned about the potential for a deep recession, which means that default rates may not rise as much as previously feared. So combining all these three factors that I mentioned earlier, uh, we do believe that you know U.S. high yield bonds uh, is rather attractive, though we would wait for probably a better entry in terms of adding exposure. I see. So um, perhaps let's move into FX. We have seen U.S. dollar moving higher in the recent week, though um, still a large trading in a broad range. So uh, where are the opportunities in FX markets under a range-bound U.S. dollar? 
So in the near term, we expect the euro to be under pressure. If we look at European gas prices, they've soared more that by more than 40% in the past month alone. And that's likely to push inflation higher, which is also further exacerbated by a severe rain shortage in Germany, leading to disrupted river shipping routes as well as elevated freight costs. Um, the recent Q2 GDP estimates was also rather disappointing at 3.9%, and we are sensing investors' sentiment turning more bearish uh, over the near term. Um, but on the other hand, if we look at the Aussie dollar, uh, it looked fundamentally quite attractive with very strong terms of trade driven by elevated commodity prices this year. And if we look at interest rate differential as well, they are also in favour of a stronger Aussie dollar. And once concern over the Fed tightening cycle as well as the potential growth slowdown it becomes increasingly priced, we do expect the Aussie to likely rally. So from a near-term perspective, we do believe that there could be further downside for Euro-Aussie pair. And the key support for this pair is around 1.4315 and the sustained break could open the next leg lower towards 1.36. Uh, if you look at in terms of resistance, the initial resistance level is about 1.4985 followed by 1.54. Got it. Thank you so much, Audrey, for sharing your insights. That's all we have for today. And on Monday, we'll be back with our Cut to the Chase podcast series to talk more about the latest market updates. In the meantime, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please do not forget to like and subscribe it. Thanks again for joining us. Stay safe and speak to you soon. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details on the latest market insights, subscribe to Standard Chartered Money Insights.